Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Match Ball Podcast from Oz the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael. Hello. I'm Moscow. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Uh, we are brought to you by Levi Solicitors, 10% off your legal fees. When you mention the Square Ball, when you inquire, head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. Well, then, another win. We are top of the league, lads. We said they were shit and we blew them away. What a glorious victory that was from start to finish. Why did we win that tonight? Uh, because we were alive to the opportunity. I don't think that was one where we particularly stuck to our game plan brilliantly and eventually got the reward. I think that was one where we just have... uh, We didn't switch off. So when we had the ball, when Jack Harrison had the ball by our corner flag, he knew that if he passed it to Stuart Dallas, everybody... It's like... um, like a farmer appeared and started shooting at rabbits. Everybody just bombed it forward and we knew uh, from that moment. I think there's probably, as soon as that ball went to Alioski, everyone, all the Leeds players must have been like, yeah, we score here. <laughs> Which is good. That's that's a good thing to have. Yeah, I like us having that thing in our locker. Huge credit to Harrison for that run, which must have been, what, 80, 100 metres across that pitch, something full length of it? He had no right to do it. I'd have been so tired. <laughs> by, by halfway, I'd have been thinking, I regret this. Especially <laughs> in the 89th minute. You're not going to... I mean, who even sets off on that run? Thinks, oh, yeah, you know what I really want to do now? Run. Well, this morning we were talking about Izzy Brown's reaction to losing the ball at one part, one end of the pitch, and this was just the opposite work ethic, wasn't it? It was, nope, I've made that pass. And rather than just admire the fact it's gone to Stuart Dallas, and there's Alioski and Costa going... Going down the right wing. There'll be Bamford there as well. There's plenty of people forward. I need to be there as well. Bamford made a great run to pull the defender out as well. He did. He he went from... It was... Um, maybe that's part of what makes them such a, a good team. Because Bamford... If we say there's no reason to expect Jack Harrison to have made that run, but Bamford wouldn't have gone near post if he didn't know that somebody was going to be coming in back post and the only person it could conceivably be was Harrison. So the team is working in such a good way that even though... Bamford has seen Jack Harrison next to our corner flag. When he's 
running and he's got his eyes on what Costa's doing, his eyes on the goal, he still knows, no, I need to go front post because Jack Harrison will have run 90 yards and will be coming in behind me. So that's the run I need to make. And the way Costa managed to just deftly deflect the ball off the defender to put it right onto his head was... Measured. Amazing. To, to have the skill to do that at that point in the game, it's just uh, I did enjoy the, what you pay the money for. The Sky interviewer afterwards who said to Jack Harrison, did you use that deflection in the... Uh, no. <laughs> Just had it in. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you do make your own luck, as the cliche goes, and we certainly did by that by that persistence. I mean, all laughing at Michael's terrible shape and hurtling towards middle age, uh, you know. Aside, it's exactly why Bielsa runs them so hard, and we play as we do. Because I tweeted rather cockily from the square ball account about three quarters of the way through the game. Costa's having a decent game. We've got this. And I felt we did. And it's that late surge that we've got. We've still got it in the legs when the game starts to get really stretched. I yeah. didn't feel we had it when the ball dropped to Morrison in the area. But Bamford dummied a free kick coming yeah. into our own box. A hell of a good tackle, or a block, or a block rather, by uh, Calvin Phillips. Phillips made the first tackle, which was very good, but then it fell to their, their player and he, he should really have just side-footed it anywhere into the mm. goal and instead put it over. But they are shit. And they were shit. They... They're, not, they're not shit, actually. I think we thought they were shit because we saw them last year when they genuinely were. And for the first two minutes of this game, I thought it was going to be the same because we, we went at them at pace and it seemed like, OK, this is going to be the same as last year. We're just going to keep playing like this and eventually overpower them and score two or three. But then I think it came from one of our corners. They broke and nearly scored. And from that point on, it was like, oh, shit, they've actually got a bit of threat. Mm. Mark Bowen, um, who was there in place of Paul Bowden today, um, well, I think he sorted them out a little bit. Um, he's, he's certainly improved them since the, whoever the disaster was that they had at the start of the season. I think it was their last season, and they were they were organised. Yeah, it was, was compact as well. There was no space on that pitch whatsoever, and um, they really uh, disrupted us. Because if you look at um, who had uh, bad games today, I thought Pablo was pretty poor. I thought Calvin Phillips was pretty bad. Passing just wasn't slick, it wasn't good, we weren't making any moves, we couldn't get the ball out wide even though everybody was compressed into the middle. I'm looking at the um, the average position maps, Leeds United's average uh, position is fucking ridiculous. Basically in a straight line down the middle of the pitch, you've got uh, so it's Cooper, Calvin, Dallas, um, Pablo, Click... Bamford and then Roberts all just in a straight line oh, yeah. um, going over the centre circle and then you've got kind of Luke Ayling is only just to the right of them and Jack Jackie Harrison is is over to the left What do you conclude from that? Um, I conclude that yeah Reading just made it if you look at Reading as well that it's so tight it was so tight on the pitch you don't even need to look at these funny graphics if you saw the game it was there's no space between their defence and midfield. There's no uh, width. They didn't have anything apart from just loads of players just blocking right in the middle of the pitch. And we weren't um, we weren't smart enough or playing well enough to get around that. And it just it made it a really shit game actually. And they did have a Jari in the middle who seemed like he was going to make something happen every time he got the ball. I noticed. Um, I think this must be what it's like to be a Reading fan because whenever he did something, he had like three or four like good dribbles. And they cheered it as if it was a goal. Like, yes, there we go. We've been entertained. The, the guy did some dribbling. That's all right. It doesn't matter if we win, lose, or draw. Now we saw him do some dribbles. He, he was a bit dangerous, though. He made um, 
he made Calvin Phillips and Luke Ayling separately look like absolute chumps at times, didn't mm. he? Some nice footwork. What did you make of Tyler Roberts, Michael? Doing a lot of spinning around. He seemed to he seemed to have to come deep for the ball all the time, and then when he got there, there were about three Reading players around him, no options out wide, so he just sort of ducked to one side, ducked to the other, and then played it straight back to where he came from normally. Mm. I felt like he was taking up some good positions, but then, like many of the players, and you single out Hernandez there for having his moon boots on tonight, I think Roberts, again, was quite wasteful in possession, even when he took up those, because he always looks to play like through the lines as Roberts, which is why I think we like him, because he's very attack-minded and positive. But even tonight when he was taking up those positions, he just didn't feel like his distribution was quite there. I think the, the thing in the first half, which changed when Alioski came on, was that we were trying to find precise passes to people in the first half. Then Alioski came on and it was more like, just put it in the right areas and see what happens. And all of a sudden, there were chances being created from it. When we're not trying to, you know, necessarily put it directly to Pat Bamford's left foot at this particular point, like we're practising training. And I think Alioski's general direct play when he came on was confusing for him because he was just, get the ball out wide, knock it, hit it in the box... And it was it was a, a proper difference for us. The boy's got legs, hasn't he? He's got legs. He was he was looking for that give and go down the line every time, just to stretch their fullbacks and give us something out wide on the left. Yeah, Tyler Roberts' job, if he's playing at number ten, is to think things through and and invent ways of scoring. And he's twenty two, and he's not. This is it's only under Bielsa that he's really been asked to play as a ten, and he hasn't been fit enough to do that very often. So I think he's still. And he's injured again now. Um, he is injured again now. He's still learning uh, how to do these things. So um, it, that's the sort of position that comes with experience. You you can't just... Like Alioski, how do I put this? He's got nothing left to learn. <laughs> and he probably hasn't had to learn anything since he was about 21. So he's just bomb, attack, straightforward, real simple. Whereas they're asking Roberts to really think about play while he's on the pitch and that, it's, technical, it's technical, isn't it, the number 10 position? Yeah, and it only, it only comes with playing it and playing it and playing it. You can't just stick him in it. It's not, Jack Clark is maybe a, another example where you can just put him on the wing and say, right, just beat him. Use your natural talent, use some tricks, beat a player. Um, the position Roberts is learning is you've kind of got to go through it to get to it. He's got to do these games to, to learn how to unlock them. He didn't look happy to go off and... Uh, Bielsa has said he felt something in some muscle. He wanted to continue, but we thought that was risky, and we prefer to substitute him. Do you know what? Because what I was leading to with the questions about Tyler Roberts was, I was thinking, I can see us being better when he goes off in the second half for uh, Costa, and that's what happened with the ball downstream. And I thought Costa was bright tonight. What do you reckon? Yeah, he was decent. He was causing the actual problems at fullback. I think he was just playing wide. Roberts seemed to mainly want to be through the middle, which when, you, he's, when your main person who runs at people is through the middle and it was so congested there, you're realistically never going to get through because there were normally a line of three or four Reading players. Whereas when you did get it out wide, you could isolate them a little bit. I thought that's one. I think we said Costa's last appearance was one of his best. I thought tonight he was even better. So yeah, he's he's getting into the groove of coming off the bench. Um and yeah, he got a good hour tonight. I thought he was I thought he was really good. He was um dangerous in ways that um that we just weren't 
beforehand. He was getting wide. He's he just got that thing about being able to run at a man and potentially beat them. Or, or he, he seems to make good decisions, I think, a lot of the time, does Costa, in terms of even if he's running into something of a blind alley, he'll always manage to win a corner or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't always come off. Um, and yeah, I noticed that, that there was a couple of times he'd, he'd dribble in, he'd think, well, maybe I can beat someone. And he'd go, no, I'm going to win the corner. And then it's like, well, what's the fucking point? <laughs> well, yeah, because we are so good with our He may as well. He would be better advised just gets in the box, beats a couple of things. Oh, can I take him up? No, I'll just roll it out for a goal kick. Fuck it, we'll reset. Our corners today, I think, created two good chances for them, which is not the way it should work. We need to rethink this. Just put no men forward for it. We did start um, experimenting. There was the one that um, Calvin pulled back to Pablo, the edge of the it? box for Pablo and he volleyed it wide. And then there was the, uh, finally, a, a mythical... You'd, thought you'd never see it short corner that Pablo Hernandez suddenly he can't control the football anymore. Had the touch of Becchio, didn't that he? That was hilarious. Flew that. out of play. He was not on it at all tonight with Pablo. I felt like even with my lack of footballing nous, I could see the passes he was going to play every time. It was just, mm. he was a little bit hesitant to make them and he, or he wanted it to be in a perfect spot whereas sometimes Pablo's best things are where he just flips the outside his foot of his foot on it and it catches everyone out whereas tonight it was a bit like he's going to pass it to click in a Three seconds, two, one. Okay, there, it's intercepted. I suppose it did. It needed that sometimes because of the way Reading were so packed in that you have to be precise and there's value then in being careful in possession, but it became so careful that we were just just not. It was intricate to the point of frustration, wasn't it? Our passing pass completion stat, always worth a check, 80%, so not terrible. That would probably blow most teams out of the water, but... Uh, for us, it lacked that sort of pace and that zip. Even if it was completed, it was not um, somebody's giving and going and thinking, yeah, we'll get this moving really f- quickly forward. It was, um, we'll we'll be careful about this and we'll ponder it until we uh, keep going forward. We've, we've never, we sometimes get the old Yap Stams Reading thrown at us that we go side to side. We're never quite that bad. We're always going forward. But It's always with a purpose, what we do. Yeah, but then it's sort of when it gets to the, uh, the, the, the point, um, the point is lost. You think I think we're pretty good with that, but then again, again, I mean, only tonight. It's yeah. like when that was when it was breaking down. It's like when it got to the, it needs a, it needs a real good incisive pass now, or it would just be, uh, we just have so much possession that we we we'd burn out of the the move. We just get bored and kick out. I think the difference with someone like Bielsa versus someone like Yapstam when it was like you know, we were going Ole in their possession at Ellen Road and laughing at, which it. was hilarious. The difference is we look dangerous and. We trust in Bielsa's process that you stick you stick to the plan and you work it and you work it and yeah. you work it and his fitness tells in the end. We go side to side on the edge of their box, whereas Yapstam's Reading went on the side to side with the edge of their box. Mm. And uh, the process did tell in the end. Um, and that's why I always felt we had that winner in us. It wasn't a great game, but and there were a couple of hairy moments. But, you know, you ride your luck, don't you, in these things? And it was, it was just a, a nice moment. How did you celebrate that one? Just jumping about a bit. Standard, standard goal celebration. I didn't feel it was coming, actually. We'd not created. Well, that's because you probably had a bet on Reading by yeah, that time, you? Didn't are you? a pessimistic bastard. Well, I had, of course, Ed. And then when we took the lead, obviously I put some, I put three pounds on the drawer as well, just to cover that off. So that's lost money, but that's fine. Happy enough with that. I thought we were, I just felt we would win. It felt like, I just had a feeling it was going to be what it was, just a really shit game. And then we'd just pop up with a goal from somewhere. I didn't think it was going to be a goal of that quality. I thought we might scuff one in. Bamford would just, you know, get one off his back heel or something. Um, but yeah, I, I was content. I was I was hating it. I wasn't enjoying watching the fucking <laughs> thing. But I had the feeling of sort of contentment. That like, if we do, we do what I think we're going to do, and we just get out of here with a 1-0. 
you know, that could be worse. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's talk Patrick Bamford. So, hello. Do you want to play hockey? Is that what you mean? Is that what you want us to do? It's a tired game. It's a tired job. I'm, I'm not taking part in your vendetta. Yeah. It's cruel and it's mean. Leave that boy alone. Um, credit to him tonight. For, again, another workmanlike performance in a team that wasn't necessarily firing on all cylinders. Is workmanlike the word for Patrick? I'm back to the posh thing. Carry on, sorry. Stop it. Uh... I was going to say his shit housing in the goal celebration was marvellous. Just he extended his arm upwards and made the chirping uh, yeah. motion with his hands that the Reading fans like. Their flappy mouths. Yeah. I don't know what kind of abuse he got from Reading. I mean, if it, I mean, I don't want to labour the the Bamford posh joke more than I do, but if there was ever a day when he was probably on his level with the abuse coming from the crowd, it's like, seeing you in Waitrose buying the cheaper olives. Oh, you bastards, if I score a goal, I'll get you back for this. I mean, it's, you know... Scum, isn't he, Michael? Pure scum. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I feel like Bamford was probably annoyed about last season still because yeah. he was getting a lot of stick last year and maybe that carried Pass on to Bamford they were singing a they? little bit and he was just I mean he didn't score tonight so whether or not you can give it that I don't really know but. and he did nearly I mean that clearance on the edge of our box when he just completely air kicked it was don't do those things Pat we're trying to like you and did he, um, did he have happy. any actual chances tonight nah, we gave him fuck all to do yeah and he wasn't, it wasn't really his fault it, there was not anything near him he did at one point as well Knocked down really quite a nice header, which if someone had been running onto it to just smash into the net, would have been lovely. If I was going to be critical of Costa tonight, there were two of those. What he should have been the one that's right on that header that, that Bamford got down, and that was good. That was almost like Lee Chapman esque of rising up for a ball he shouldn't win and non- nodding it back down, uh, which is perhaps why I still think we should be signing Matthew Smith. Um, <laughs> and then there was the other one when I think it was, was it Dallas did a dummy on the edge of the box? And um, and Costa was again. He was miles away on the wing. I suppose he's been told to stay wide and get width. But Dallas did this this dummy. And fair play to him. He did actually get in there and get there before the Reading player. So he was pretty rapid to to cover the ground. But you just think if you'd anticipated that just a little bit quicker enough, I've noticed that a few times with Costa in other games where he's, he's not quite seeing what another player is about to do. He's maybe a bit more. It's why. Uh, Howard Wilkinson moved Gary Kelly from the, the wing to right back because he, he was a reactive player rather than a, a, a proactive player. He could see, he could stop people doing things, but he wasn't very good at reading what attackers were about to do for him. Um, 
So maybe we play him at right back. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, right back is only a notional position for. True. Uh, uh, and as I say, I thought Cost was good. And yeah, and Bamford, um, workmanlike, even though, you know, the suspicion is he's never done a day's work in his life, but he, he definitely put a, a, a Steve Morrison esque shift in tonight. He worked hard off the ball and kept going. And, um, and it could have been, he was within his rights in the 89th minute, considering we've given him fuck all crosses all game to go, I'll go to the back post and I'll head this in. But he, he did the clever move and the unselfish move to go to the front post and, and let Jackie Harrison nod it. Word about Harrison then, what do you think of his, his performance up to the goal? Again, it worked very hard, but there were some more frustrating moments. He, yeah, he does. He tends to get out wide and does that little shuffly thing and quite often loses the ball. But, you know, he's, he's, is he probably our mo- being involved in more goals than anyone else this season for Certainly, us? Certainly, if you combine uh, goals and assists, yeah, he's on he's key ridiculous. Passes, key passes as well as the one where they're assists without the goals, aren't they? So he's, he's gone from being the most wasteful player last season to probably our most productive player, which yeah. even if he's wasting some opportunities, he's clearly doing enough to, to justify his place in the team. So, yeah. Yeah, you can't argue with someone who's going to do that that run in the last minute. I've decided now I'm going to start calling him. Um, I think he deserves Jackie Harrison. He needs that little element of uh, of affection. You know, we always have Jackie Charlton. I think he is a he's not in the Charlton class, but he's a Jackie he's a Jackie Harrison for me from now on. So, what were the good things that we did tonight then? In what was a pretty difficult performance, one <laughs> winning was good. I thought Ben White was good again. Some of the most dangerous moments we had were him just deciding to run the length of the pitch again, as he did against Luton. I think, do, you, do you think we've learned that from Chris Wilder and all that? I, well, I don't know if now we just... Maybe we would have done it last season, but now we have a player who can do it, because Janssen would have overrun it and got yellow cards every single time. <laughs> Gone off shouting, wouldn't he? Whereas Ben White, like, I think because they were so... They were really well set up, credit to them. Like As we said, they were, they were in two banks and they didn't particularly press us until we got into their half, so it was like... You can you can have it until here, then yeah. just try and get through us. So when all of a sudden everyone was wasn't able to be man marked because there's this guy running in from from the defence, it did throw them off a bit. Yeah, it disrupts things. It means they've got to somebody's got to go and engage him, and then who's that person leaving? Can they get free? So, and we we have the security of uh, Calvin and Cooper will will drop back Cooper with his his shirt ripped open to reveal his sports. Diagnostics bra beneath. Like a Teletubby. <laughs> I was thinking he's a little bit more like Superman if he started ripping his uh, his suit off. I mean, you like your fancy graphics there, Moscow, and it is worth um, checking out Ben White's average position map for the uh, game today. Not average position, beg your pardon, where his touches were yeah. on the pitch, his touch map. Um, and th- they are all over the place. You wouldn't you want know for a second he's a centre-back. And then if you want a, an illustration of what Reading were doing, Phil Hayes just tweeted a picture of um, uh, a Leeds free kick in the seven and a half when all eleven of Reading's players are in the box, all eleven. <laughs> so that's um, that's a lot of players in you know a, a confined area, and yeah, and so you do. We have the the wherewithal to unleash Ben White into that situation and see what he can do. Could we keep him? I'd like to certainly. Probably not. I think we will. I think when we go up as champions, we'll keep him. Brighton do have a fair few good defenders already, so it's not a, as good as him though, either. No, but it's can you know can they shift on the others? Are they gonna? But and if a if a big enough offer, I think because Aston Villa went up and everybody's talking about all the QSI 
investment and stuff. They didn't need any extra investment to be able to spend, uh, what was it, 28 million on Mings, who they'd had on loan the season before. Not as good as Ben White. No, he's not as good as Ben White, but it does mean that we don't necessarily need anything other than that broadcasting revenue. And if we, we know that Bielsa's not going to want to make big changes. I love how we're already talking about, we've been Reading 1-0 the last set minute. Of we're talking about what we're going to do in the Premier League, but when we're up there, Bielsa's not going to want to make big changes. It'll still be uh, probably Alioski and Douglas at left back and um, Bamford up front, seeing if you can do it in the Premier League. None of that will change. So we may as well take our entire playing budget and spend it all on signing and a wage package for Ben White and and that's it. That can be our transfer business for the summer. And I would be absolutely fine with that. I think we should give a, another nod to Alioski or Grindelwald, as I saw him referred to on uh, on the Twitter tonight. He was all right. I think he, he did. He added something to the game. He stretched it. Madness. <laughs> it's, yeah. He's different. He is quite different, which in a game like that, where we've become a little bit predictable, they seemed content to just think, okay, we can sit here, give Pablo a bit of space, wait for him to run out of, of ideas. Let him pass it wide to Harrison. Or do a bit of jinking and then then lose the ball. It was Alioski just running, just give and go, putting it in the box first time. It, it confused them. Yeah, I thought he was, he uh, he did make he just added that that energy. I I loved one of the first things he came in was running up somebody's backside and pushing them over. <laughs> um, but it needed just that little bit of impetus. And uh, and another player I thought was very good today was um, Stuart Dallas. I was a, I was enjoying a Dallas performance today. Sometimes a lot of the work he does can kind of go under the radar and doesn't have a lot of impacts. But even uh, there was that dummy on the edge of the box and then smacking that shot against the, the crossbar. And Dallas does seem to be the one player we have who'll line up a shot. It'll just be like 25 yards out. I just think, fuck it. I'm he seems try. to be growing in confidence in that respect. Yeah. And there was lots of little bits where I noticed he was... Um, there was like one really little good header that he did away from somebody just in the middle of the midfield he just kind of went running in there he had no real business in there but he got involved and the ball bounced over just headed it away put us on the attack and lots of just good little bits he's kind of got some of that Alioski uh, little Macedonian energy as opposed to the BDE that the kids talk about the, the what? the BDE what does that mean? google it no <laughs> uh, Michael Mm. We're top of the league. More than two points per game at the minute. How does that make you feel? That's fine. Happy with that. Just stay there, eh? Mm. And not uh, maybe tomorrow we won't be top anymore. But let's ignore that for now. Who've they got? Uh, Bristol. They're playing tomorrow. Are they at home again? Uh, don't know. <laughs> I think yeah. I think West Brom are at home. At, Why, West Bristol. Brom. West Brom seems to be at home about every every week. Like they're having like thirty home games this season it's and fifth, nice, sixteen away. It's a nice stadium. Maybe they just want to play in it as much as they can. Bristol Hawthorns historic. I think the the telling thing about uh, this is if they did uh, win tomorrow, so let's say West Brom win and they go above us, we would be in second place. We would be five points clear of Fulham in third. And Fulham had another good result uh, tonight. They've gone and spanked, they've beaten Derby County 3-0, which is always good to see. Um, And yeah, Fulham keep quietly just being decent, but they're starting from... uh, from a little bit further back and being five points behind uh, automatic. Preferably, I mean, I prefer the scenario where we're top and they're five points behind us. But just that little sign of a gap where... Although if Preston win, that gap closes. What have Preston got to fucking do with it? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, it's about like I thought, uh, like something in there when I'm saying, "Oh, five points clear." My my maths fear did click in. I thought, "No, it's all right. I've got this." But now I've got another team to think about. Fuck it. Anyway, we're top of the league. It's fine. Well, even three points clear at this stage would be good. And all we've got to do is keep on winning. And even tonight, do you know what? If we'd have lost that, it would have been disappointing. However, it would have been one point dropped from that position. Whereas by attacking in the way that we did, we've gained those three. And and we've said before, draws kill you in this division. Uh, yeah, and the draw wouldn't have been bad tonight because you've got to. We, it means we stay unbeaten, and you've got to look at the performance and say, "Well, this is this has been a shit match. We'll take a point, and we'll get out of it, and we'll go and ruin Johnny Woodgate's weekend." Um, so there's there's almost an element of like those extra two points are a bit of a bonus that it's we managed to pull something. Um, a little extra out and that just gives us a little bit it's what good teams better. do it's what good teams do we, and do you know what look like we've got one of those a good team we have seven games unbeaten Michael four wins on the bounce and Middlesbrough have uh, not won in ten so how are we feeling about the weekend well they will beat Barnsley tomorrow and then that will give them a little lift and then mm-hmm. we'll find out on Saturday how bad they really are <laughs> and we will beat them we will. It'll be fine. So pick heroes and villains for me from tonight then. I know it's a bit of a crappy game, but let's try try it anyway. Uh, Jackie Harrison, obviously. Young Jackie. Yeah. Um, he wins. And Alioski as well, not just for the way he changed the game, but his um, pre-match Janny cam where they let him run off with a phone and do all sorts of stuff, calling uh, Ilian Messier ugly. And then he suddenly <laughs> was like... Uh, and then he did a bit of serious for a moment. He said, and, and prayers to everybody in Albania where there's been a... Uh, a serious earthquake with a, a few few people have died there and it's great that Johnny can do both <laughs> and I, I, light and shade light and shade yeah, get, one... get ready for the comic relief gig yeah. you've got to change tone very very quickly <laughs> yes very good yeah very good momentum uh, like to nominate Reading fans as villains they've got an empty stadium and a drum it's not right, is it? I think, I think in like, if it's Boca Juniors or someone and there's a massive packed away end and it's all like pumping, a drum can add a nice bit of additional support to it, but in an empty ground, it just sounds shit. Echoing around. Yeah. It's just suggest. it's just, we know there's no chance of us making any noise if this isn't here. Yeah, so, boom, 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 boom. Endless fucking din. Mark Bowen, <laughs> pre-match, had a, a completely... A ridiculous expectation where he said uh, we had a fantastic atmosphere at Brentford with the fans packed in behind that goal trying to make it like a home game for us so we'll be expecting another good atmosphere at Majeski Stadium on Tuesday night like, the reason uh, you packed in at Brentford is because the away end is like four steps <laughs> and if they made it like a home game for Reading wouldn't it just like yeah just silence and a drum I mean it's very easy to crow about this sort of thing from a position of victory isn't it well yes so I'm not going to stop um uh, I'm also nominating as villains uh, Pele, who was on Reading's bench, and Pushkas, who was playing up front. Um, don't take the piss like that. You can't. It's just. It's like getting going on a football manager editor, and it's going like giving yourself a really uh, just changing Noel Hunt's name to fucking I don't know. You Gary Le- Yeah, <laughs> you Sabio. <laughs> you Sabio Hunt. Um, it doesn't make them any better just because they've got really cool names. So <laughs> stop doing that. Don't tell um, Ronaldo Vieira. <laughs> or Romario Vieira um, and also I've got a little uh, a little hero nomination for um, Brian McDermott was uh, photographed before the game he was there 
um, so he can maybe um, I'm sure that when the, the news broke about um, Massimo Giolino and the whole Mario Balotelli stuff he started having had to phone his therapist <laughs> he's in the news again <laughs> stop phoning me Brian we've been through all this um, but no it's nice at least he's still uh, welcome at Reading <laughs> And a very nice man by all accounts. Yeah, there's no problems with Primate Dermot. It's one of those, I'd just look back at it and wish he'd been better. Well, we've managed to nearly get to half an hour on a game that was pretty turgid. So any final thoughts on this one or should we just go home? Because it's late. Let's do that. <laughs> we'll go home and dream of Jackie we'll take the three points yeah okay alright well we will reconvene uh, to record with Phil Hay the new Phil Hay show will be available towards the back end of this week our weekly uh, get together with Phil and we'll get some probably more insightful views on what happened at Reading but he, he knows what uh, Middlesbrough's manager's called meant everything doesn't he he'll have all the facts that we lack <laughs> we'll speak to you in a bit thanks for listening the Square Ball Podcast 